This morning, called by name, is going to take a seat. And uh, if you uh, have a young person you want to get in a kids' camp, now's the time uh, as well to do that. Uh, well, for those that were here uh, here last week, we had a awesome last week as we had uh, our guest here, Janelle, was here, our silver medalist from the uh, women's hockey team. Olympic hockey team, and I had lots of folks coming up to me after worship and just saying, wow, Pastor, that was that was great, that was fantastic, your word was good, and so I hope that planted some seeds into you, and if you, if you remember back to last week, those who were here, uh, the key verse that Janelle uh, spoke to us about was out of uh, Jeremiah 29, there it is for you. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future, and... A hope. She planted the seed in us to, to understand that God has a plan and a purpose for our life. Today I want to go uh, one step beyond that and talk about uh, what it means for us then to, to apply that into our life and to understand that and to take that first step in realizing part of the plan. You know, folks are always, well, okay, God has a plan for me, what, but what's the plan? <laughs> That's what we got to figure out. What's the plan? Well, today, we're going to take that first step in understanding some of the basics of the plan, of, of just understanding the basic purpose for which you were created. The basic purpose about the plan and, and how you begin to walk in that plan that God has for you. Just understanding, first of all, why you're created. What's your purpose? You can see in the background of the slide there, the, uh, the football players all gathered up and huddled up, you know. Yeah, you watch sports, and uh, it inevitably happens, right? Somebody makes a makes a touchdown, and uh, you know they get done with the touchdown, and and they're running around the end zone, and somewhere all the way they're doing this, right? You know, that thing you've seen that before, right? They're doing this, and, and of course, when you know football game at least when they're over, you know, all the the Christian guys huddle together and just pray together and all that. I mean, it's kind of an awesome reality for us to see Christians practicing something out there in their work in their daily life, in the experience of their life. You see, these guys, when they're doing that, when they're gathering for uh, prayer after the game and all that, they're putting into practice the principle that we're going to learn this morning. And that principle is so easy to remember. It's the simple understanding that all of us were created for the purpose of praising God and living to His glory. That our fundamental purpose, one of the fundamental reasons that's wired into us, that we exist on this earth, is for the basic purpose of just living our lives to the honor and the glory of God. Let me show you in the scripture uh, where, where that's clear. It goes to Romans uh, 6.13, and you can see it on the screen there. It says, give yourselves completely to God. Okay, it starts there, right? First of all, it starts, we're talking about why we're here, and when you give yourself completely to God, here's what happens. You discover your first and foremost purpose. You give yourself completely to God, for you were once dead, but now you have a new life, so that your whole body is an instrument to do what is right, for what? For the glory of God. You see, Jesus died to take you out of death, and bring you into life, and get you on the track of the plan that God has for your life. And the first purpose in that plan is for you to live the life God wants you to live by living that life of honor and glory to his name. That's why we exist. We exist just to please God. Just to please God. 
Now, if you think about that, that is an awesome, freeing reality in, my, in our lives. Let me prove it to you. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, I'm not here to please you. Huh? Did that feel good or what? Huh? I mean, there's some of you got somebody next to you saying, man, I've been waiting to tell them that for, you know. I mean, didn't that feel good? But, you know, that's the truth. It's the absolute truth, you see. You aren't here in this life, in this world, living the way you live in order to please everybody around you. You're only here to please one. And that's to live your life to the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ. You see, I know I cannot please everybody. I, I just will not be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to please all your folks. I mean, you know this is absolutely true in your life, right? And you know there are people in this world that no matter what you do, you are just never going to be able to please them. Am I right? Give it up. You don't have to. You only have to please one. You only have to fulfill the purpose of living a life that pleases, honors, and glorifies God. Jesus made that clear for us when, when somebody came to him and said, now, now tell me, Master, what is the most important commandment? What's the most important thing that I have to do? What's the, what's the absolute vital thing that I have to follow in my life, the fundamental thing that I have to follow in my life? He said in Mark 12, the most important one, people of Israel, is that you only have one Lord and one God and you must love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and your strength. You only have to please one. You see that? It is why you're here. The purpose of life for us is to live a life that pleases God. Now here's the other side of that. Understanding that we don't have to please everybody also frees us to live that life that pleases God because there are times that the worst thing you can do is please somebody else. When you need to be in their life saying, wait a minute, this is, this is not right. This is not the way you're supposed to behave. This is not what life is about. What you're doing is not right. You see, when you tell somebody they're wrong, that's not pleasing, but it may be the only thing that is pleasing to God. Are you with me in understanding that? You see why this is so vital for us? It's so important that we understand our basic purpose is to live to the honor and glory of God, to please one. Jesus made it clear in the commandment. He said, we're only here to please. This is the first and most important thing we can do. Now, here's the rub. The rub in all of this is so far it's felt pretty good, but the rub in this is... You also have to look at your life. And you have to ask yourself, am I living that life? Am I living that life that pleases God? And even harder, are there things in my life that don't please Him? And if there are things in your life that aren't meeting the purpose for which you were created to live to His honor, to live to His glory, to reflect Him and please Him. If there are things in your life that aren't on that track, you need to change it. 
You need to get busy in getting your life in sync with what God wants, to live to His honor and His glory and to please Him and start removing those things in your life that are going to be barriers. You see, we started saying God has a plan, He has a purpose for your life, He's got something awesome and incredible that He wants to accomplish in your life. But every time you live outside of your purpose, every time you live in a way that displeases Him, you create a barrier to His ability to accomplish that purpose in your life. See, we're here to live to the honor and the glory of God. And if there's things in our lives that don't do that, we need to change them. We just need to change them. Maybe it's not easy, but it's possible when we put our focus on living that life that is God-pleasing and God-honoring. And He deserves that honor. Scripture makes it clear that God deserves that kind of life from us. He deserves us just dedicating to live to His glory. If you look at Revelation 4, John uh, tells us, Our Lord and God, oh, our Lord and God, you deserve to receive glory, honor, and power because you created everything. Everything came to existence and was created because of your will. See, John is telling us, look, get it in simplest form. If for no other reason, you ought to live a life that pleases God just because He gave you the incredible opportunity to do it. You ought to live a life that pleases God just because He is the author of your life. He is the one that puts you into this place and brought you into existence and gives you the opportunity to live that kind of life. He's the one that has the dream and the plan and the purpose that can, can elevate your life for no other reason. Just live a God-pleasing life because you're just so thankful and grateful for the opportunity. John wants us to understand that we live this life and we look around at creation and we can see that God has great things in store for us and ours is to live to His glory. Psalm 142 reminds us this is the wisest and smartest thing that we can do with our lives. If you look at 142, it says, From heaven the Lord looks down to see if anyone is wise enough. What does he want us to be? Wise enough to do what? Search for him. You see that? See, are you wise enough to get this today? Are you wise enough to understand why God created you? Are you wise enough to understand this is the wisdom of life? This is what gives life meaning and purpose and value. This is eternal stuff. And God is looking to us to understand this basic, simple truth. That the best, wisest thing we can do with our life is just to seek Him. Just to seek Him in our life and to seek to honor Him and glorify Him with everything that we are and everything that we do. Just to be able to say, God, I just want you in my life. I want you in control of everything in my life. And it means not blowing off any opportunity we have to be in the presence of God. The wisest thing we can do is just put ourselves continually in the presence of God. The psalmist in Psalm uh, 63 kind of lays that out for us pretty clear. We walk through the psalm for a minute. The psalmist says, 
The Lord doesn't care about the strength of horses or powerful armies. Stop there for a minute. What doesn't he care about? He doesn't care about your bank account. He doesn't care about what car you came to church in this morning. He doesn't care about how important you think you are in your job. He doesn't care what the plaque says outside your office. He doesn't care about all those worldly things that we use to define and build ourselves up. That's not how he measures us. Look how he measures us. The Lord is pleased only, you see that word? The Lord is pleased only with those who worship him and trust in his love. What does he want from us? To live that life that is God-honoring and God-pleasing and worships Him. And worships Him. And takes every opportunity we have to be in His presence. You know what that means, right? That means taking every opportunity to be here and experience Him every week. To not blow off worship because something else came up. To not blow off the opportunity to to be here and be in His presence because the world's offering something else, but to take seriously the wisdom of being in His presence in every opportunity that we have. Notice He continues saying, I have seen your power and your glory where? In the place of worship. Here. See, that's what happens here. You see, when we understand our life is supposed to be about living to the glory and the honor of God. And wisdom is seeking every opportunity we have to be in His presence. Then we get to understand that being here and being in worship is absolutely vital to us. It is essential to us in order to be the kind of people and accomplish the purpose and the plan that God has for us. Because it brings us to the end of the psalm and it brings us to the understanding that says... Your love means more than life to me, and I praise you. You see, it means more than... We understand it. God is everything. Now, I've uh, never had the experience, I can uh, gladly say, of running out of gas in my car. And I won't embarrass you by having you raise your hand if you ran out of gas in your car. But I suspect there may be some of you uh, in the room this morning. And... uh, I have had the opportunity, of course, of driving down the road and seeing that person carrying the gas can. You know, the car is about, you know, a half a mile that way, and the person's carrying the gas can going back after he finally got to a gas station somewhere. And uh, don't you wonder what's going through their mind? What you go, and they're, I mean, they're all just kind of carrying the gas can. And, I mean, what's, what do you think's on their mind? I mean, don't you think they're like, I can't believe I ran out of gas. Right? How stupid do you have to be to drive past a gas station, right? If I only would have listened to that voice that said, get gas. Right? Isn't that true? You see, the same principle applies to us in our spiritual life when it comes to regular worship. You see, we can't survive out in the world and live the life God wants for us if we're not regularly in tune and in touch in worship. If we're not surrounded by the strength of His people 
and surrounded by that atmosphere of His presence. You see, it is, it is where we come and we get rejuvenated and strengthened. It's where we come and we get reassured. Let me show you some things. that Just coming to worship, just fulfilling this purpose of living a life of worship and taking every opportunity to be in His presence. We can see in the Scriptures things that this just helps us do. Number one, being in this in his house and being in His worship with His people on a regular basis helps us defeat the powers that are out there in the world. It helps us defeat, defeat the temptations the world has over and against us. And we know this, right? When we go back out there into the world, the world is going to try to reorient our values. It's going to try to reorient our purposes. It's going to try to convince us the things that aren't okay are really okay. It's going to try to change our minds and change the patterns of our living. How do we not give in to that temptation? You see, regular worship helps us in strength to overcome that temptation. If you look again at the psalmist, the psalmist says, Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, sing His praises in the assembly of the faithful. Sing His praises where? In the assembly of the faithful. He's talking about what we're doing right now, right? He's talking about this. He's talking about being in worship. Sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful. O Israel, rejoice in your maker. O people of Jerusalem, exalt in your king. Praise his name with dancing, accompanied by tambourine and harp. Don't anybody get up and start dancing, please. I'm not ready for that yet. Just uh, calm down. But if you've got a tambourine, you can let it go. Look what he says in 4. For the Lord delights in his people, and he crowns the humble with what? Victory. See how that works? Remember, he's talking to the people assembled, singing praises and honor and glory to his name. You see, when you get together with God's people and you get focused on your purpose and what God's got you here in this world to do, when you understand it's to live to his honor and glory, when you get the wisdom going in your life that says, this is the smartest thing I can do in life, you also get the understanding that God is going to give you the victory when you go back out there. When you go back out into that world and you face the temptations you're going to face, you're going to remember and understand, wait a minute, victory comes in my worship. Victory comes in my honoring and glorifying God. Victory comes in my life when I make sure I only please Him and not the world. The psalmist gets uh, real clear as he keeps going. He says, let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie in their beds. Let the praises of God be in their mouths and a sharp sword in their hands. What's supposed to be in their mouth? Praises and worship, but what also comes with it? A sharp sword. What, what's happening? When we do this, when we worship, when we let, let our lives surrender, when we worship, God fortifies us for the victory to be able to stand out there in the world and to stay focused in our life in what he wants. The psalmist gets practical in saying to execute vengeance on the nations, to punish, uh, put punishment on the people, to bind their kings with shackles and their leaders with iron clads, to execute the judgment written against them. You can just corral that stuff that's trying to get at your life. Worship gives us the strength to be able to stand out there in the world. 
it gets even better. Worship defeats the evil one in our lives. We know this is true, right? We know that not only is God for us, but there is a power loose in the world that stands against us. Look what James says we need to do. You ready? Surrender to God. Where do we start? Surrender to God. We start in worship when we just surrender our lives and say, God, you are absolutely everything. I have to tell you, when I'm in worship and, and on Sundays when I come to the table, and I'm glad we do it every week, when I come to the table and, and I receive the bread and the wine, it's just like that moment when I can just let everything else go. I, I can just surrender all that I am. I can surrender all the stuff of last week. I can surrender everything that's happened to me in this last week. I can just surrender all of that and understand that God is greater. See, the hard reality for us is we know there is a power loose in this world that is always seeking to attack us. And it means there's things that are going to happen in our lives that are contrary to God's desire for us. There are things that are going to happen in our lives that are horrible things. Things that God doesn't want in our lives, but nevertheless the evil one does. And so there are things that are going to happen in our lives that we just need to find our way through. Look what James tells us. When you surrender it to God, you resist the devil, and he will do what? You see, when you come to worship and you surrender everything, even the injustices, even the heartache, even the hurt that you've gone through, it pushes it farther away. It pushes it further away from your life and gets you back in the place that God wants you to be. Just living a life that gives Him honor, that gives Him glory, and gives Him praise. It makes our lives unshakable. If you look at Hebrews 12, it says, We should be grateful that we were given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And in this kingdom, we please God by worshiping Him and by showing Him great honor and respect. You see, when we worship, we surrender, and we get the opportunity for new life. Next one, when we worship, it also reminds us that we're not alone. Boy, do we need that memory. We need to be reassured every week that whatever's going on in our life, we don't have to face that absolutely alone. James 4, come near to God, and He will come near to you. Or if you go to John 14, Jesus makes the promise. Anyone who loves me will obey my teachings and my Father will love them and we will come to them and we will make our home with them. Where does Jesus want to be in your life? At home with you, right? He wants to be at home with you. When we understand our purpose to live that life of worship and when we exercise that every week coming to this place, Jesus Christ makes his home and we won't face anything from that point on alone that whatever we face even those injustices that come against us we will not face those alone and when we know that we can be back in our purpose and live the life he wants us to live here's the last one when we worship it also should move us to action 
Remember now, our fundamental purpose is to live to His glory and honor, right? Fundamental purpose, live to His glory and honor. It's their wisdom to seek Him in every opportunity. But when we do that, we're going to find our lives get changed and move forward in the plan. It's going to get moved forward in what God wants to accomplish in our life. And it will put us into action. James 2 says, You can now see that we please God by what we do and not only by what we believe. So we believe, but we also have to do. You see that? It's not just what we believe, but it's also what we do. It's exercising our lives in worship. It also means exercising our lives and doing worship. When you come on Sunday morning, you know what? There's a lot of folks that do a lot of work to make this an awesome experience for us. I mean, hopefully when you came in this morning, you had folks shaking your hands in white shirts and saying, great to have you at Christ Church today. And, and before the day is done, you're going to have people up here giving you bread and wine and saying, hey, this is Christ just for you. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into the experience of having God be present for us on Sunday morning. That's work. That's action. And there's a lot of you in this room that could do that. I think I've got a white shirt that could fit you. You just need to be ready to put it into action. Worship should cause us to do something. It should cause us to get involved and engage not only in Christ, but in the action of what He wants to accomplish in our life. Okay, there it is. Fundamental purpose. If you're going to get in the game, if you're going to get in the game of what God wants for your life, it starts with understanding the basic purpose is to live life to His glory. Getting the wisdom to seek every opportunity to have to be involved in, in the, be present with Him. And that means being here regular in worship and then putting that into action to make a difference. The psalmist would remind us uh, this way. The psalmist says, Shout praises to the Lord. Everyone who serves Him, come and praise His name. Let the name of the Lord be praised now and forever. And notice this. From dawn until sunset, the name of the Lord deserves to be praised. We are here to worship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you called us and that you have put your hand upon us. You have made us your own and you have a plan and a purpose to prosper and a good plan for our lives. Help us this day to remember that it all starts with just living a life that pleases you, that honors you, that worships you in everything, in our work and in our families and how we raise our kids and how we spend our time and what we do. And even more important, in taking that time to draw near to you every week, to be in this place, to know that you are God. Father, we come to you today and we ask, remind us, reassure us. There's nothing we face that you're not able to overcome, to endure with us and take us beyond. And help us to be like the psalmist, just to live that life from sun up to sundown that gives praise to you. We ask this humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>